Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my review of the Outriders demo. If you're listening to this in any of the other locations that this hits, you can always catch me live streaming Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. I'm probably live right now. I usually have these uploads hit in the morning, and that's usually when I'm streaming. I stream for five or six hours. Come in and join these great conversations. So the Outriders demo, you know, is, is something I definitely wanted to check out. Even before everything happened with the other game that I cover, I was certainly interested in the game from the very beginning, and I think it's great that they launched this demo and allowed us to kind of comb over every piece of the game. So I'm gonna, I want to break down for you what I think of the classes, the combat, the loot, and the story, okay? In that order, that's kind of how I'm going to comb through this review. Now, we're also going to plan on doing a talk about the end game. They've, they've outlined their plans for the end game in a video, as well as crafting. I think those two are very, very uh, good topics for more discussion. And SNTR Presents is going to continue to branch out into topics like that. So, the Outriders demo has been out for almost a week, and the response has been mostly positive, but also somewhat mixed depending on player preference. We did a poll this morning, and roughly 80% of the people that took the poll it was like 1.5k votes roughly 80% said they either thought it was good or great about 20% said they thought it was bad I actually think that's a pretty good ratio of response and I think that should I think echo that a demo like this can be very good for a game Now, I took my time to play all four classes, trying different weapons, strategies, and approaches to the combat. I did all of this solo, so I have not tried the matchmaking, all right, and the cooperative play during missions, or the legendary farm. We'll be checking out the legendary farm this afternoon on the gaming channel, so stick around for that. Be sure to follow sntrgaming.com for all of my gameplay. Now, I found the difference between the classes, combat, and content loop to actually be pretty promising, but there are some issues issues that I would like to see addressed. My flyover statement would be it's good, but it's very rough around the edges. Okay? It's a little rough around the edges with respect to some things I'm going to talk about in this review. So, let's just talk about the classes because I this is obviously centerpiece whenever you're going to be thinking about a game like this, all the artwork, all the different combat that you've seen, they're definitely going to want to this, you know, see this as a centerpiece and a, and a central focus of the game. Okay, the biggest praise I can give the game is with regard to the classes. They are truly unique in ways that make them both fun and distinct from each other. The opening combat experience, however, does a poor job explaining the best approach for leveraging self heal, which may turn off some players. You will remember Anthem did not explain combos to people during the beta, and many people found the combat in Anthem extremely unappealing and the reason they found it unappealing is the central mechanism for the awesomeness of the combat in Anthem was the combo system and it explained none of it they don't explain how to melee how to do a ground pound melee by sprinting and they don't explain self heal now there's little tutorial things and and all this nonsense popping up on the other side of the screen that's not how this should have gone down it should be a lot clearer whenever you play as one of the four classes their means and their mode of staying alive there should be sort of a sequence that you go through I know people don't necessarily like getting drugged through a mechanistic tutorial in the beginning of a game but if you don't essentially acclimate them to the central component of combat Some people might not really understand the game flow and how they're supposed to play because it's a cover-based shooter, but you're not really supposed to play it like a traditional cover-based shooter, and it may leave players confused and 
maybe irritated. Now, the good news is most people are responding positively. The word is sort of spreading about how to play the classes and the self-heal, but I do think when you purchase the game and don't have access to YouTube, Reddit, forums, and the like, those are the players I would be concerned about. Right now, people diving into a demo are gonna be, I think, a little bit more in tune to how to play the game, as opposed to maybe somebody that buys it and wants to jump in day one. Ultimately, I would rank them in the order of fun factor, with Trickster being my favorite, followed by the Pyromancer, the Devastator, and the Technomancer. Now, this is mainly due to my own player preferences. Even with my least favorite class, the Technomancer, I was actually finding satisfying ways to leverage the abilities and the skills. That's just not exactly how I typically play. So Technomancer is one of the popular choices. It's just a little outside of my play style. And even then, I was still finding fun ways to play as the Technomancer. Fundamentally, the classes need significantly more polish with respect to their fluidity and the animations. For a third-person game, I want my abilities and actions to look and feel cool. Okay, It's what makes the Trickster so fun. Ultimately, it's just a lot of sprinting and meleeing the ground. You're slamming the ground and freezing everything. I think they need to channel that feeling into all of the abilities. One of the things I found very unappealing when I was playing Technomancer is all of his animations looked kind of derpy and kind of stupid. There's also some animations during Pyromancer that feel way too long. I just sort of stay on the ground for what feels like an extended period of time. Abilities should be flashy, cool, and over and done with. There should be a fluidity to them, and that leads to my next topic, which is combat, as well as loot. But combat is something I do want to talk about. My general consensus is that combat is good, but it's not great. The cover-based elements are clunky, they're inconsistent, and they feel somewhat dissonant within the game flow. There is a constant sense to move forward, get kills, and be close to enemies, but their aimbot-like AI, the distance that I have to travel, and the enemy positioning can seem somewhat face-tanky. You basically have to just accept getting shot by numerous targets anytime you move, almost as soon as you step out, and that is, I understand, part of the concept content loop. The idea of taking damage and self-healing is pretty satisfying. It feels a little bit like a glass cannon, but I do think that is understandable why you are sort of put in these positions to take damage. What I said this morning is, when I play against rank and file enemies, I expect there to be a certain level of inaccuracy and slower target acquisition. They're target acquiring me almost immediately, and they're super, super accurate. Now, I was told this isn't as bad when you're playing with other people, but still, there are going to be times where you press on ahead or go for a flank, and that level of target acquisition and enemy accuracy makes the combat feel a little strange. Also, the the fluidity of the of grabbing cover is not very good. It doesn't work sometimes. I should be able to roll right into cover and I can't do that. You'll notice if you roll toward a wall, you stand up first before going into cover. Little things like that can start to feel like death by a thousand paper cuts. Clunky, not super fluid, not super responsive, and you might start to feel like the game isn't really for you, which is unfortunate because the minute you get into the loop of using your abilities to get kills, self heal and keep moving, it's incredibly satisfying when you pull it off. A concern would be, in matchmade environments, valuable and needed kills will incidentally and accidentally be constantly stolen by your teammates. There were numerous times I stayed alive simply because I was alone and I could kill everyone around me. So, we all know what that feels like when you're trying to get bounties done, right? People are taking your kills, 
and that can be pretty irritating and in this game they can literally rob you of survivability by killing stuff that you're going up to get now again i haven't played match made activities maybe it's not that big of a problem now let's talk about loot loot's plentiful and meaningful and it seems to offer a lot of depth for builds and customization within just an hour of play i feel the pain of choosing between two pieces of armor because they reward uh, a different buff for one of my abilities in different ways and i really like that it was clear if i went for this buff i would play in this way and i would leverage this skill and crit multiplier if i use this piece of armor and this buff I would use the ability totally differently and likely also then use a different weapon the the potential it shows tons of promise as an introductory experience I really do think the build crafting here and the and that we don't even know how crafting weapons works just yet I guess the, we'll watch the video maybe discuss that in another video it shows lots of promise and lots of potential now last and I will say least okay last and least is the story I don't think this is the centerpiece I don't think this is a central focus and that's very clear from the beginning okay and that's okay I want to make sure and say that okay this is where the game feels the most inconsistent while I will readily concede games like Outriders do not need stellar and award winning story it certainly helps set the tone and the trajectory of what we're doing and why we're doing it I actually enjoyed the combination of the 100 TV series and 28 Days Later. If you're familiar with those that, that movie and that TV show, we arrive at a planet, it's humanity's last hope, we end up in cryo-freeze, and we wake up, and everything is chaos. I actually thought this was a pretty cool way to create an immediate sense of a post-apocalyptic chaos while also establishing long character arcs that we will have to piece together over time. But what ended up happening was, the beginning of the game feels kind of cheesy, kind of cliche, like a 90s movie. Everybody's swearing constantly. It kind of feels like, I call it like 90s movie tough guy speak. It's like everybody's trying to be tough, and they think that like the F word is the best way to sound tough. The writing is actually pretty poor in the beginning, all right? Oddly enough, the voice acting and the characters become far more interesting once you're in the town and you're accepting missions and you're like allowing the dialogue to play out. Now, perhaps they created too many throwaway characters for the intro, which makes it land pretty flat, Ultimately, the story does its job, it it achieves its aim, and I'm actually interested to discover more about the various characters and plot lines, because they're all older now, you know, they've been living in this crazy world, and the woman's got an eye patch now, right? So, I think that the method of storytelling is, it's fine, but it doesn't land very, uh, very strong. So, my fly over here game shows lots of promise but it's going to need a lot of polish as well so we're going to transition into Q&A and more live discussion with the audience don't go anywhere if you're listening elsewhere you can always catch me at sntrlive.com and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my review of the Outriders demo. If you're listening to this on any other of the platforms where it hits, you can always catch me live at SNTRLive.com. We also have the gaming channel where we act, we're we going to be streaming a legendary farm this afternoon. If you're interested in my gameplay of Outriders, SNTRGaming.com. So SNTRLive.com is the live show. I do it Monday through Friday, but SNTRGaming.com. Dot com is the uh, is the YouTube channel where all the gameplay happens. So, first question from Chalk Doctor. I really like the concept of the Technomancer, and I feel it will be the most powerful since it only requires you to de- deal damage to heal as opposed to killing enemies. However, Techno's animations 
look very jank, and it thrives on cover, which is half-baked and clunky. Will Techno be held back by this? This is something that I definitely zeroed in on in my section about the, uh, the combat and the loot right here in the middle. And coincidentally, I got a picture of the techno. And uh, you're right. I, I, I said that the combat's good, but there's there's, it's just, there's something clunky and inconsistent about it. There's almost a dissonance where, are you supposed to use cover or not? It's I can't tell. When I use cover, it doesn't make any sense. But then I also feel like, well, I kind of have to use cover. Going into cover doesn't work consistently. There are times where you, uh, you like I said, when you roll and then stand up before going into cover, that honestly just looks silly. There's a lack of fluidity there. Um, and that just doesn't feel good for the player. So the, the idea of having a techno mancer character that's support oriented and range oriented, kind of sitting back and supporting the team, doing high damage to keep healing up is actually really, really good. And, but the main issue you're going to have is are the environments set up in a way that's conducive for that? I think they are. I think they give really, really long range sight lines for techno to flourish in an environment where there's other people sort of drawing aggro I think that might smooth over some of the clunkiness of the cover based mechanics but I don't think that allows them to sort of just gloss over the fact that the cover based elements are are not very clean right now okay and the, the aiming where the grenade goes and the aiming where the turret goes I, I, I think that's one of the most non um, intuitive non-smooth aspects of any of the classes I played throwing that grenade where I want it or throwing my turret where I want it it just feels absolutely awkward there's something that is not clean about it and then on top of that as you said the animations are really kind of janky it's like you almost it's like you're throwing confetti in the air he just kind of like throws his hand up almost like here you go like it's like what is happening am I in a combat scenario or is he like celebrating someone's you know baby shower I don't understand like why is his arm doing that it doesn't animations need to feel cool because what that does for the player is it it's it's a it's a feedback of essentially like power it you interpret it as 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 like a powerful like oh I just did that that was awesome that's one of the reasons why when I started doing the the sprint melee where you run and then you melee and you slam the ground I think that's one of the reasons people started asking, how are you doing that? Well, because it looked cool, right? And they never really explained it. Um, So I think because it looked cool, people were automatically kind of drawn to it. They're like, oh, how are you doing that? That's so neat. That's so cool. I think third-person abilities need to look neat, fluid, and they need to be short. Okay? They need to be short. I'm not going to compare everything to Destiny. It's going to be hard not to do that. But that is something they've always done a very good job of in that universe is the animation is quick fluid and it's kind of over and done with and you feel awesome when you do it whether you're doing like a spin in the air or slamming down or throwing this in this game they need to they need to smooth that out they need to smooth out the cover based elements as well as the uh the as well as well as the way that they uh that they able you know the animations and how you go in and out of them um because if it's so weird to say this but like i think this is one of the reasons like when you play a game like god of war you get into a rut of ability usage because certain abilities just look cooler and feel cooler i still remember taking my axe in god of war and bing hitting my shield and then charging out why 
it looked awesome you know or running and sl- like slamming down my axe oh it's awesome i love doing that i would love throwing my axe start running call it back and then as it came to me i would like jump and slam the ground it just feels super dope you want people to walk away from the game and feel that way it creates uh, i'm sorry it creates a uh, a sense of uh, you know empowerment for for the combat itself you feel like you can go and kind of like charge in and kill stuff, but it also just feels like I'm doing neat stuff. I'm doing cool stuff, and I think the techno falls flat in a lot of those in a lot of those aspects. And it's unfortunate because he is a cool character, you know. Uh, you can still be shot while blind firing because the AI doesn't miss. I noticed that yesterday, J.K. I noticed that I was blind firing and still getting shot. I was like, this is fun. This is incredible. Um, you know, this is incredible. Okay. Uh, next question from Creed. Do you believe that Outriders feels as good as Destiny in terms of movement, gunplay, and ability usage? No. Uh, which of these elements is most important to you and how would you make things better? I don't, I don't think anybody's going to outdo the gunplay of Destiny. Um, Obviously, not being able to play the game, it's 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 hard to like sit here and praise it. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be accurate in my reporting here. I, I don't think there's a game that exists that does gunplay as good as Destiny. I don't. I've never played it. I've never played a game that that matches it. Um, as far as ability usage, it's still it's tough. It's really tough to match what they do. I thought some of the abilities in Anthem were stellar. I've played games like, as I said, like God of War where the abilities feel just absolutely killer and, and dope. Um, now, movement's a little bit different because, you know, Outriders is third person, but <laughs> even the third person stuff in Destiny is phenomenal. When you're doing a roaming super, you know, when you go and throw a Nova, um, there, it's, it's, there, it's, it really truly is. Like, run around with a sword in that game and you're in third person and just go into your super like there's just something about it that just feels amazing okay um and i get a little nostalgic thinking about this because that's one of the things that sold me on that game i saw the nova bomb animation and i was like i have to play that game holy crap that was amazing um so bearing that in mind i I just i don't think that's something that outriders is excelling at i most of the animations and the movements are adequate they get the job done you know but i would say the cover based stuff is probably i mean i'm being serious i'm not trying to be mean here because i enjoy the combat i've enjoyed myself i'm gonna be playing it again today okay but within the realm of combat the cover-based mechanics are the worst part of combat. They're probably the sloppiest elements of combat. Um, the next, the next piece, uh, the next piece that that really needs improvement. So the cover-based stuff needs to be smoothed out. Is all of the animations? You need to go in and out of ability animations smoothly. I, I include melee in this too. Like when you go to melee an enemy, it all needs smoothed over. So anybody who's in charge of a character's animations needs to look at like when I go into and out of this animation, what does it look like and feel like? There's one of the things that the pyromancer does and I, I genuinely was like, can I get off of the ground? It's like too it's like too long. It's like I'm down on the ground for way uh, way too long, right? 
and there was one uh, when I would melee and miss I just kind of face away from the enemy for too long it's like okay I miss my melee can you can, can I have control of my character again um, there's transitional problems right now it I, I'll tell you what it feels like it feels like some of the abilities it's like have, have you ever been playing a game and all of a sudden the cutscene takes over and then you don't have control, and then all of a sudden you have control again. That's kind of like what the abilities feel like. It's like you're pushing play on a teeny tiny cutscene, and then it's over and done with. And like there's this weird handoff period, and it feels really rigid. Um, and I think they need to try to smooth that over because you know Jerry Main is saying I don't see them being any different in the final game. I'm just giving you my feedback. I'm not saying what I think is going to happen. I just think if I was sort of in charge of improving things and smoothing things over, I would smooth out all of the all of the cover-based stuff, okay? And I would really smooth over the animations and how they look, how long they last, and the transition both in and out of the animation. Some of them you go into the animation really easily and quickly, and you come out and it's just... It's almost disorienting. It's like, oh, I'm done. Oh gosh, what's going on? Where am I? There's, there's, there is, there's a definitive difference, I think, between feeling like I go from shooting to an ability to back to shooting. I go from running to going to cover to out of cover. Everything feels, um, I would say sticky. Nothing happens quickly. It's like I'm stuck. It's like, can you just go into cover? Can you get out of cover? Like going from not sprinting to sprinting is super janky. It's like just sprint, you frick. Like I want to sprint and slam the ground. And there are times where my guy just doesn't sprint. It's like I clicked it and I went forward five steps and I apparently didn't click it. I, I'm not sprinting. Everything feels sticky, you know? I don't know. I'm I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that they really polish all that stuff. I really do. I know it's a demo and not a beta, so I'm not going to say that the launch game is going to be a thousand times different from this. But my hope would be they have a month, right? They have a month. These aren't game breaking things. These are hey, can can you look at all these things? Have your teams look at all these things and see if they can't smooth some of this stuff out. I would feel like that would be, you know, more within the realm of uh, of possibility. As opposed to like, we're not asking for an overhaul of uh, of the weapon design or the ability design. We're saying, look, man, this stuff is is not smooth. So, next uh, question from Necro: Do you believe this genre is best not being developed as a live service game? Um, my back like suddenly like spasmed. It like hurt. I like turned and like. It's fine. It like went away. I've been stretching and riding my bike for a while. My back's not been giving me any trouble. Um, you know, we don't know yet, Necro. We don't know yet, right? So they, so many games have tried to do live service and it doesn't work. Okay. So to me, I appreciate their goal. And I think it's admirable to say, we're going to launch a complete product and then if it's successful, we'll consider expanding it later on down the road. I think that's probably a better approach. For a handful of reasons. Number one, you're setting the stage. You're setting people's expectations. 
so they know what they're signing up for. It's a complete package, it's a story, there is an endgame grind, but there's not this promise of like, yep, there's going to be something in a month, there's going to be something in two months, three months, whatever. And I don't know if they're like taking a shot at other developers when they're like, we want to deliver a complete product first. I don't think they're taking a shot, but you might be able to interpret it as a bit of a shot. It's like all these other games launched products that weren't complete and then tried to add on to them later to complete the product. It's like, here's 75% of the jigsaw puzzle and we're going to trickle out the remaining pieces. I'll also say this is better potentially better because they can analyze player behavior and more adequately offer an expansive experience a year from now that is a, that is catered to and tuned for player behavior that that's that you know what I'm saying like Right now, if you come out and you're like, yep, it's going to be a live service game, and in three months we got this, and in three months we got that. Do you want to know what can happen? Destiny 1 can happen. And your DLCs aren't built for player behavior. They're, they're built for, like, a campaign structured. Remember Division 1? The first thing is they drop. It's not built for the player behavior. It's not built for player expectations. Anthem. Division 2. Borderlands 3 these are all games that the minute the players get to the end game and, and those and those developers try to add things to extend the experience they're not built for how the players are responding they're not it's like what the what is all this this isn't built for us does that does that make sense so for me I see this I'm not telling you that it's gonna go better I'm not telling you that it's gonna go better I'm saying it has the likelihood to be to go better because they can basically stand, spend a year and say, here is what the top 10% did, the top 20%, and go all the way down the line and say, if we're going to build something and expand this experience, we need to consider all this player behavior when we're building it. And it can inform substance, depth, elasticity, how long something's intended to land, and then they can set your expectations. This expansion's gonna cost $40. We anticipate our most committed players getting about 100 hours out of this, and we anticipate the more casual players getting anywhere from 20 to 50 hours out of this. They're able to set your expectations, but also I think they're able to speak to your expectations more accurately because they can say, hey, we, we've got all this info here based on what people did in, in, in the launch. You know what I mean? So th- th- I'm not telling you it's going to be better, but I think this is a more admirable and probably a better strategy of approach than what literally every other game that's attempted to do this and has and has largely failed you know destiny survived and so did division but but a lot of these games didn't do as well as they could have and they really you you say survived but like did they flourish you know division 2 is apparently in a great spot but I mean that wasn't a guarantee there wasn't a guarantee it was going to go that well so Necro, my time has come. What would you want the crafting to be like in this game? There you go. Yes, there's crafting in this game, Necro. Um, I, anytime there's crafting in a game like this, 
I want it to be something that flows out of gameplay as opposed to a mechanical exercise. And what I mean by that is, let's imagine that players find out, bro, you can run in this cave and grab a bunch of rocks and leave and run back in and grab a bunch of rocks and then leave. They find a mechanical exercise that is incredibly efficient and they start building the best weapons, the best god rolls, the best armor, and then it's kind of over and done with. Crafting should flow out of organic gameplay, and it's really, really difficult to do that because people are always going to find, okay, if we go kill this boss, on average this boss drops three drops, and three drops over a period of 120 seconds spread out over this many hours is going to net you this much currency for crafting, and that currency for crafting is going to put you on a pathway of about a two-week period to have an entire set of armor and guns for a pyromancer that are literally the best guns in the game. Thanks for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. Like, no matter what you do, that, ha- that, 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 that tends to happen in these environments. So that's why I'm always like, Ugh, if it can flow out of organic gameplay, so it's, it's enhancing my experience, and it's capstoning some of my stuff, and allowing me to augment, tweak, better, improve, whatever the case, great. If it turns into a mechanical exercise, it... I'm telling you, that's not, that's never good for a game. It's, it's, it's like a quasi auction house. From what I understand, you can only craft and level gear up from level 30, but to get to the higher levels, you have to do end game content. Right. Right. That's my point is you, you have to do something to keep people from landing in the mechanical circle. As the guy from Diablo three said, the loot 2.0. You literally have to protect people from themselves. You, you have to protect people from themselves. I don't know any game with such terrible development woes and poorly received launch and then to be successful other than Destiny 1 and 2. I don't know what Division 2's player base numbers look like, Gilly. I'm just going based off of like people saying that the game's in a good place right now. Um... So I, I that I, I'm just giving you the thirty thousand feet philosophical look at this uh, necro that if they can set things up in a way that protects the player from themselves and create something that is organic, right? We want something that's organic that flows out of gameplay. Hey, you ran a lot of the good end game content. You you now have. You now have enough currency to do this thing to this gun or whatever. You know what I'm saying? To the person asking for the person's Twitter, you can just use the investigation command. There you go. Just my personal experience. I obviously don't know every uh, every game. I'm not that well-versed. Uh, but there are a few games of the dev that launch like Destiny and end up as successful as Destiny has. No, oh, you're right, Gilly. Oh, no, 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 no. De- 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 what happened with Destiny is anomalous in the industry. Most games that launch that poorly don't flourish and grow six and seven years later. You know what I mean? Empowering the developer to, like, triple their studio size and put a studio in Amsterdam. Like... That's that's really abnormal. <laughs> Most of the places that have poor launches just either disappear or they 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 never make anything that large or in, in scope ever again. So Why does it say March 1st in the bottom right? Oh man, I always forget something in my morning rituals. There we go. 
It's March the 3rd. I forgot to adjust that. Thanks. <laughs> there are 350 mods. Ooh, nice. Nice. Crafting should be RNG protection. I'm not going to I'm not going to agree with that until I until it gets fleshed out a little bit more. Um, there are certain games where you can't have crafting as RNG protection. Destiny would be one of those games. Division uh, games like this, like Outriders, where there's a ridiculous amount of depth of gear and loot and mods and 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 builds. Um, the uh, you got to be careful. You know what I mean? You got to be really, really careful because you're gonna end up you're gonna end up putting in a uh, a, a a what you're what's supposed to be like a back like a backstop savior, and it ends up being a diluter. It just dilutes everything. You, you, you have to be super duper careful because there's just not a lot there's not a lot of loot depth in some games You're, you get you, you can't have like crafting to protect you against bad RNG so bet 44 I'm sure you've noticed but did you see the game lets you spec skill points into three class paths to allow more diversity in your build the build potential mixed with mods is amazing so I'm actually curious about that. Um, how difficult is it to respect that skill tree? Can you do it any time, or is it expensive? Like, it, if I like, let's say I take the top track and I get really, really far into it, and then I feel like completely changing my build. Can I push like a simple button, get all my skill points back, and like respend them? I would imagine they would give you that freedom, given how elaborate those skill trees are. I can't imagine they lock you in permanently. For now, it's free anytime. Okay. I would imagine it's going to stay that way because it's too elaborate. That Like, to get that deep in the skill tree and then be like, I really wish I would have spec'd into the other being stuck. I, I, I can't imagine them ever, ever, ever limiting that. Um, it looks like you can do it on the fly. Uh, you can do it in the demo. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You only get like the one point in the demo. So, um, the video says it's free. Okay. That's actually a very sensible decision. You know what I mean? That's actually a very sensible uh, uh, position to be like, hey, we want you to be able to do this as often as possible. So, It isn't for now. In their videos, they said it's unlimited and free. I couldn't see them not doing it that way, Wheezy. It'd be so weird to like eventually lock you in. Like, so what? I gotta start another character if I want to experiment with the build? You know? That's just basic player agency. When player agency should tend to go up with depth. Depth and quantity going up you have to increase player agency so when there's an insane amount of quantity of depth in mods and builds and build crafting and skills and skill trees understandably in tandem with that player agency also has to go up you have to empower players to move things around shift things craft things rework things because there's too much depth to not let them do that you know what i mean uh enigma while I personally feel like the reward for aggression makes this shooter unique, do you think this can potentially limit viable builds and strategy uh, like just use shotgun and face tank? We actually talked about this yesterday, and I am interested in what that looks like long term. Because right now, yeah, it seems like get in everything's face. That seems to be the strategy. Get in their face, freeze them, punch them, slice them, slam the ground, shotgun them. And the question remains... If you're not at the Technomancer, why use a sniper? Why use a machine gun? Why use an auto rifle? It seems like shotguns and SMGs, you know? You're you're basically gut-busting everything, you know what I mean? 
um, you're just gut busting everything so it seems like you know we let Enigma in here by the way oh yeah it's Enigma um I forgot about that. I hung out with him at the at the one con. Oh, Enigma could confirm he was at the roast. He's somebody who could confirm I was mentioned from stage in a in a in a in a funny and charitable way. I, you know, I was roasted. He's somebody that could confirm it. A lot of people could. You know, anybody in the audience. But yeah, um, that's somebody that we know personally that was in the, in the audience at the roast. Uh, yeah. This is this is a potential challenge that I actually think every game faces this challenge. It's called metagaming it's meta it's it's the most efficient strategy like what why would you not do that so my thought would be you're going to have to have weapons that have perks that motivate playstyle disruption you know what i mean you're going to need auto rifles and machine guns and 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 other weapon types that motivate playstyle disruption because if not, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna gut. I'm gonna gut bust everything. I'm gonna rush everything, punch everything, shotgun everything. Maybe pull out my SMG periodically if my shotgun runs out of ammo. Why? Well, it's the most efficient way to deal with all these people. It keeps my shield up time. It keeps my healing going. Yeah. I, why would I not? Why would I not do this? So, and we so we've not seen past just some of the perks you know that we've seen on armor and stuff. So if I'm not in charge, but if I were in charge, I would be like, there are going to be perks and perk types and enhancements that only show up on on assault rifles. And there are going to be some that only show up on snipers. Well, why would you do that? Well, if you want to tap into this build potential and you want to tap into this the the these perk buffs, you have to use that gun they have to use that gun type. You have to use that gun type. Yeah, you can't run around with a shotgun all day if you want to if you want to tap into this, you got to get it on, you got to use an auto rifle. That's that to me would be one of the best ways to do it. You know, um, you you automatically you automatically get into uh, into a scenario where if if I want to tap into those abilities and perks, I must use an auto rifle or a sniper uh, or a machine gun. You know, that that's how I would that's how I would do it if I was in charge. <clears throat> fuzzy muffin now that you have had the chance to play all the classes what would your ranking order be uh, most likely to play to least likely so I put that up here in my class section of the video I'm happy to repeat it though uh, I would rank them in order of fun factor uh, I put run factor hilarious uh, fun factor um as well as, as you're saying, you know, most likely to play, I would start with the Trickster being my favorite. Pyromancer and Devastator are, are kind of tied, and then last would be Technomancer. Now, this is mainly built, uh, and, and this this order uh, is mainly uh, built and structured around my preferences and how I play. Um, it's, it's these are these are how I play. These are my preferences, uh, and that's that's not a determination of like. I think these are better. It's just these are these are more fitting for my playstyle. So, Mick Diesel, you mentioned that you were worried playing co-op would be problematic because of health regen, but since you just have to be near people that die for the up close 
class is, wouldn't it still feel satisfying even if you're not getting the kills yourself? Now, this is this is obviously a problem with my review. I was not aware of that, right? I was actually not aware of that. So I didn't realize you just had to be like close to enemies that were dying in order for the healing to proc. Th- this right here, um, it's, it's kind of funny. It's like this is literally... Um, something we've been talking about with the bounty system in Destiny. You know, we've been saying that. We've been saying it's really, really frustrating uh, to be in combat and trying to get kills for bounties and somebody kills the enemies and you don't get credit. And in this case, this sounds to me like a really, really brilliant decision to say, yeah, man, if you go up and you're killing enemies and you're doing work and somebody else gets the kill, doesn't matter. You're close enough, it counts. You get credit you're in proximity you know then the pyro has to mark people sure but i mean that's what his ability is meant to do right he's like almost like a primer um so that information was really really helpful unfortunately my 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 review didn't i I didn't know that i said you know that that was a concern that i had well it's fine to have that concern my concerns answered (laughs) my concern is answered uh as a uh, as, a, as they, they, it is built that way, right? They've they've built it to meet and answer uh, that concern. So, I would I would wager to say this is this is uh, just one hopefully just one sign that they were thoughtful about cooperative play um, and 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 complementary play. You know, I, I would I would say is 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 what we what we want to see. That they were th- that they were that they were thoughtful about that, um, so <clears throat> somebody got my kids a Nerf gun. Oh my goodness, who got that? Oscar. <laughs> uh, after Minion's homemade gun with the scope was broken, she was so sad. The kids will love this. That's very very kind, Oscar. That's very very kind. Um. um okay, next question. Dracus, Pandor, uh, or Pandor. My PS5 friends were restricted to 30 FPS. Will they offer 60 FPS on the new gen consoles? If not, is this a failure to build the game for the future? I. This is my first hearing of this. Um, This is this is my first hearing of this. So if you play on the PlayStation 5, it's treating it like a PlayStation 4 game. Because didn't somebody say that that's how? there was another game people were talking about this morning and they said that that's how it was going to work. It was going to maintain a 30 FPS mode. I think it was, was it, was it remnant of ashes or whatever? It's 60 on the new gen Xbox. Liano says false. The PS five was 60 FPS. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like I would have heard this a lot. This, this, this can't be right. This sounds like somebody is misinformed. Um, so, or they're just seeing the motion blur and they're misreading it and thinking they're getting bad frame rate. I will say there are kind of like hitchy, buggy, blech, uh, it gets kind of gross, but most of the time that felt related to, uh, to motion blur. It felt more related to motion blur than anything. So I, it's possible, uh, it's possible that they were confusing that and thinking that they were getting 30 FPS. Also, also, all the cutscenes are 30 FPS on every platform, including PC. So maybe they're watching the cutscenes and being like, oh, this is awful. The game is not running uh, at 30 FPS. So yeah, Remnant's an older game, and they'd have to basically patch it and essentially port it 
to a ga- to a console that's able to run 30. Uh, I'm sorry, 60 or higher. Uh, the same would be true for Bloodborne, right? They'd have to they'd have to basically go in and update the game and do what amounts to a port for in order for it to run at 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 a, at a higher frame rate. So going to take time for games to do that and a lot of older games might not have a desire to do that because it's just a lot of time and a lot of energy that they might not uh, not presently prioritize so they also said that motion blur is going to be a toggle in the full game and cutscenes will not be 30 fps yes they did say that um Jemmy's her- uh, heresy or Jemmy's heresy your question got through don't worry about nightbot pulling an error uh, your question hit the form you're good uh hitman Lono, the end game sounds really good. It sounds like they are breaking away from how games are considered service games. Do you feel it will have legs and really give the game a meaningful longevity? That's a planned discussion. I need to watch that video and educate myself so we can adequately talk about the end game. Same with crafting. So those are planned talks that I'm going to do. So at the moment, I can't give you a great answer here. Uh, Other than that, I'm going to research it and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna talk about it. I saw the number increase, thanks. Okay, cool, you're aware. Yeah, Nightbot just kind of does that sometimes. It'll say, error connecting to remote server, but the question still gets through. I think what it is, is it gets through, but then the ping back just doesn't, just doesn't talk to, to Nightbot all the time. Um, uh, heresy with the last question. Do you think that if you reset the story state, quest should offer rewards? This is difficult to say yes to, knowing that that's not how the game is meant to be played. It's meant to be played where you level up and then you up the world tier and then there's particular areas that you go and retread in missions and things like that. This is also related to the question about the end game. I don't know enough about the end game to give you a great answer here, but I can give you my generic answer that... I don't think most games are built in that way when they build this in, in this particular way. Like, oh, I want to go rerun that that campaign mission. Like, they 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 let you rerun the the side missions. So I'm good either way. By the way, if they decide to ship the game once it's final and ready to go, and they say we're actually going to let you you know rerun story missions for rewards at the higher world tiers. I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with if they don't do that and they have us focusing on other mission types and other 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 grind types and content loops um, at the end that are not just us rerunning story missions. Uh, you know, so I would um, you can rerun the campaign at any time. You can't right now in the demo. Is that going to be something in the full game then? Because right now I can't go rerun campaign missions. It's not an option. I can rerun side quests. But I can't even rerun all the side quests. I can rerun like a couple. So you just reset the story point on the first mission at World Tier Five. Oh, well, there you go. He probably just didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay, so they're saying you can reset the story point on the first mission on World Tier Five. Okay. I did not realize. Well, there you go. Like I said, I was good with it if they let you do it either way. Um, I'm, I, it doesn't actually matter to me if they let you or they don't, but it sounds like they have given you that option. So, good information coming from chat. I've, I didn't do that in my playthroughs. I was focusing mainly on the class gameplay, uh, the combat, and the loot. So, you exit the lobby, you select your story point from the character menu. There you go. Thank you. So, there's the information on how to do that. You, if you, if you exit the lobby and you select your story point in the character menu it'll let you it'll let you do that so 
And if you're in the live audience right now, we will be doing the legendary farm today. It sounds like the drop rates are kind of all over the place. We're going to take a crack at it. Uh, and we're going to see what we can come up with. And uh, if you want to watch that, stick around. If you're listening to this Q&A elsewhere as a separate upload, you can always catch me on sntrlive.com for these live discussions or sntrgaming.com if you want to watch my live gameplay. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.